Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick, and the lead writer and editor for thevikingage.com, where we cover the Minnesota Vikings. Typically, I'm joined by Chris Shad, but he is uh, busy right now, I believe, covering some entertaining high school basketball in South Dakota. So uh, in his place to uh, help us talk about all the things that the Vikings have been doing in creating for this week is Mr. Thor Nystrom of, uh, I believe, Fantasy Pros right now. He also had uh, a podcast on Score North during the season, and uh, I believe he still makes some appearances on Purple Daily. Uh, talking about the draft. So welcome, Thor. Thanks, Adam. Good to be with you. Excited to talk about some Vikings and, and get out of this cold for a little bit. Uh, we, we had the snow, now we have the rain, you know, we're vacillating between the two, but excited to talk about the Vikings. Been a busy, busy couple weeks for the Vikes. Yeah, a lot, busy last few days. Uh, I think, I don't know if people thought they were going to make as many moves as they did, but they've been they've been pleasantly, I would say, pleasantly busy. So we'll just get right into it. Um, so far, the Vikings have signed tight end Josh Oliver. This is new free agents. We'll talk about the retained players in a bit. But so far, the new players that they've signed are tight end Josh Oliver, formerly of the Ravens, uh, pass rusher Marcus Davenport, formerly of the Saints, and cornerback Byron Murphy, formerly of the Cardinals. Uh, the Vikings reportedly signed Davenport to a one-year deal worth $13 million and they reportedly signed Murphy to a two-year deal worth $17.5 million. Now, Chris and I talked about Josh Oliver on Monday, so I kind of wanted to focus more on Davenport and Murphy today. But, you know, looking at these signings, these players, they're not really that old. Uh, these are shorter deals. But, you know, what do you believe these signings maybe, maybe say about the Vikings' plans for at least the upcoming season? Yeah, I think on on both sides of the ball, you get you get a clear indication of their plans, both based on the guys that they're moving on from and then the, the guys that they're bringing in. But I, the two defensive acquisitions, I think those have Brian Flores' fingerprints all over them. Those and then the guys they got rid of. You know, we expected the thing with Patrick Peterson, right, because you're going to have more way more man responsibilities and being on an island responsibilities with Flores than you were with that Don. It's also, you assume that Peterson was going to be out the door. The Dantzler one was a little bit more of a surprise, but yep. when you consider the fact that Dantzler is not very good in man coverage, he's more of 
more of your silo type, you know, silo in, in Skull Was he Portland. good in coverage too? He, What's that? Was he good in zone coverage too? Because I don't think <laughs> better than in man. I, we'll, we'll put it that way. And and obviously he would have, you know, he would have been asked to do more man responsibilities with yeah. Flores. So, so it made more sense when you right. thought about it through that purview. And then talking about the the free agent acquisitions, those all seem Flores based as well. Uh, Davenport. To me, you know, the, the book on him coming out was he was a north-south speed-to-power freight train coming out of UTSA. And the thing that you were you were wondering about is, like, do you have the fully fleshed-out game? And then if if there's an offensive tackle that can anchor against that power, that, that north-south power and the north-south speed, does he have counter moves and can he get side-to-side to evade? Th- those are the things. You, but you knew that he had that special sauce thing. And you've seen that in the NFL when he's been on the field. Uh Two years ago, or you know, season before last, twenty twenty one, Davenport was awesome in his yeah. per you know per snap, whatever. Last year was was down just a bit, but you know, on again, off again a little bit. But like the pressure rate has always been there. The thing that fell off last, I think it went from the year before he had what nine sacks or yeah, nine half, half a sack last year, something like that. It drops to a half last year, but again, the pressure rate was still there. The pressure rate is the thing that is year to year sustainable. Right. Sometimes those sack numbers jump up, jump down, yeah. but but the pressure rate is the thing that sustains. So you know he's going to get heat on the quarterback off the edge. What you want him doing, it's letting him off the leash to come downhill and attack, attack, attack. That's we know the bride floor is going to do that. That's mm-hmm. that's why they went out and got him. It is Marcus. You don't need to worry about the other stuff. We just want you coming downhill and attacking. Uh, Mr. Brian Flores is not going to do what Eddie D was doing last year with with Daniel Hunter and Zadiri. I, I I saw some. I, I laughed out loud a couple of the tweets that you had in you know January December about how often Ed Donatel would drop those guys back on third down. You know, it's like what Ed, what what are like you third doing? and two? And he's like, oh, let's drop Daniel back in coverage. You know, exactly. And you're not <laughs> going to see you're not going to see the same deployment with the edge rushers this year. And that's you know that's not what they plan to do with Davenport. Yeah. They're going to let Devin, Davenport. It's not uh, situational specific necessarily, in the, but it, it's more just you have to know the ethos of that guy. It's downhill, yeah. downhill, downhill attack, and that's what they're going to be having him do off the edge. So I, I thought that was a smart signing. You, like you mentioned, it's a short-term deal. You're not leveraging yourself going forward. So let's say that it, it doesn't pan out. He can't. They they can't add the the you know the additional pass rushing moves whatever the counters uh, you know or the agility thing it just doesn't end up working out you can move on from them after this year if it, if it works out like gangbusters you always have the card of we can franchise them or do something like that yeah. you still have control over that so I love that signing uh, but I thought that was a really good one yeah and Murphy what do you do you think he said I feel like he's had more success maybe on, in the slot than on the outside during his career or he spent more time. Do you think maybe that's what they want to do and maybe have Booth and Evans on, on the outside kind of trying to do that? I know he has versatility well, to play both, but it seems like it, it might be a better fit for him to be in the slot more and more often. Yeah, well, it's one of the reasons I like the Murphy signing, right? Because yeah. I think, and to your question, I don't know that they have a plan, right? No, regardless right. of what they say publicly of, oh, he's going to be the outside guy or he's going yeah. to be the slot. You would have to imagine this is the thing where they go into camp and then they see, and I think that will have more to do with the other guys you yeah. brought up the names than it does with Murphy, because I think they know Murphy can either take over for Shannon Sullivan in the slot, or he could take over for Patrick Peterson on on one of the sides. Yeah. And you just have to see is is Booth ready to start? Is a Caleb Evans ready to start? D- do they have one of the other guys on the other side? And then we don't know the other pieces yet, right? Like uh, Duke Shelley's still a free agent, or will they go out and get somebody else? Yada yada. 
But with Murphy, you know, one of those three, because now it's three starting cornerbacks, right, including the slot. You yeah. know that he has one of those spots on lock, and you also know he has the versatility to go into one. So I think it will just depend on the progression of the other guys. The thing I love about that fit is Flores loves the defensive backs. First of all, that run fit. Byron Murphy is a very enthusiastic, yeah. very enthusiastic run defender. Like, and this is something like that sort of tickled you when you were watching watching him at Washington. Because a lot of times, you know, like in these months, you know, in, in past years, I go through all the film, you know, I yeah. go position by position. And a lot of these other cornerbacks that you're watching, even when the runs are coming to the to that side, they're like whispering to the receiver, just block me towards the yeah. sideline. I won't even try. <laughs> but Byron Murphy's like, F that. You know, he's trying to shed and he's trying to get downhill and he wants to stick his shoulder into the running back. So you're going to get that. That will play up even more in the slot because obviously you're closer to the box. There's more runs cu- coming that way. But either way, it's going to play. And then the other thing he was good at in Washington, and we've seen this in the NFL as well with Arizona, of if you send him as a blitzer, He's very skilled at that. And it's another yeah. thing that he, it's, it's sort of work that he takes to. He likes attacking downhill and stuff like that. The, so all that stuff is really good fits. And he is a solid cornerback. So that part of it is too. The one question I have, this is really the only question I have is at Washington, they played a ton of zone. That's just what they do under right. Peterson and then Jimmy Lake. So it was a lot of zone concepts. I know that kid's really good in zone. And I also know that Flores uses some zone, but yes. Flores uses way more man coverage yeah. and leaving the guy on an island than Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel almost never did that with his cornerbacks. So it'll be interesting to see in the in the man concepts, especially if Murphy's on the outside. And when when Flores starts to do that crazy stuff he was doing with the Dolphins and you know with the Patriots as well before that of sending seven guys or whatever eight sometimes you send the house when you put Byron Murphy back in man coverage on an island is he yeah. on the outside if he's against a stud is he going to be able to stay with him that is my only question every other thing about it just fits totally and you get him at at the correct price point yeah. that's not not us talking all the national media was calling that signing a steal at the price point yeah. they got him right when it came. Yeah, and I think he, the, the Vikings are just hoping that, you know, Davenport can get there quicker before the quarterback can even throw the ball in, in Murphy's direction, uh, which I'll even throw Josh Oliver in there. But, like, of the the new additions that the Vikings have added so far, um, which one do you think has the chance to make the biggest impact in, in 2023? Well, I, I probably have to say Murphy for that question, just because when when you go from having, you know, what, what did the NFL's like five worst you know, quarterback rooms yeah. or whatever. And now you're adding Murph. Like that's actually legit dude. Right. So yeah. it, like, and he has all this diverse skill set and a skill set. A lot of it, there's, there's a couple of those things that I mentioned that, that we'll have to see on, but a lot of that skill set is tailored made for what Brian Flores does. So just in terms of the upgrade, the, the difference between what you're going to get from him and then the guys you otherwise would have had, uh, that's why I'm going with him. But I think probably Davenport has the biggest upside. Right. Because yeah. to me, Davenport's always been the guy. He's like, uh, Adam, you know, like, um, you know, like a uh, uh, teenage pitcher and he's in high school and the kid yeah. can already throw over 90 miles per hour. Yeah. So he never had to learn how to throw the change up, the oh, breaking yeah. ball, whatever. He just, you know, flamethrower. But then as you per- you go up, up, up in the level, you go to college, then you go into the minor leagues, whatever. It's like, yeah, you're going to need to develop a couple mm-hmm. pitches because even though your fastball is awesome, if, if guys can just sit dead red on that they're going to square that thing up and they're going to start smacking you all over the yard. It's the same thing with Marcus Davenport. He's always had that enormous heater in that, that, that freight train thing. I'm talking about the North South speed to power aspect of his game because of that, the offensive tackles have to sit back 
because they're already waiting back. They know he's coming off the line super quick. They know they're gonna he's gonna send on him quick, get his hands on him quick, and then try to get around him with that stuff. So they're sitting back and then trying to anchor on it as well. If you can just throw in those counters or have a different initial plan where if they're sitting back too much on their heels initially, you can give them the fake to the outside and then you can loop back inside, oh, yeah. different stuff like that. That's how his game could really jump up. So in terms of, of, of upside for that question, I'd say Davenport. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking in my head when you were saying that, I'm like, can you imagine if he was able to work with someone like Andre Patterson, who was just notorious for developing guys like Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter, you know, all those guys. And, you know, he would have been he would have been just would have Andre been Patterson would have been in heaven just yes. working with someone like Davenport, which, you know, he could still do well. I think I think Flores is probably going to make life actually probably pretty easy for him. if He's blitzing six or seven guys. And he's probably just gonna be like, OK, just hit this hole as fast as you can. Um, so I think that'll be very interesting to see. All right. So those are the new additions. But most of the Vikings like activity and free agency so far has been bringing guys back that were on the team last year that obviously didn't bring. They're not bringing back Thielen. They're not bringing back Kendricks. Uh, they did just uh, uh, what, do a contract restructure with Harrison Smith today to free up uh, almost $7 million in cap space. So he will be back in 2023. Uh, we're still waiting on Zadarius Smith and, and Dalvin Cook to see what they're going to do with those guys. But so far, in the last few days, the Vikings have re-signed. Let's see. There's uh, there's just a bunch. Quarterback Nick Mullins, center Garrett Bradbury, tight end Ben Ellison, pass rusher Kenny Willikies. Willikies? Willikies? Yeah, Willikies. W- w- Willikies. Willikies? I think, I think, at least okay. from my memory from how it was pronounced right, in college. Tomato, yeah, Kenny Willikies. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Uh, kicker Greg Joseph, long snapper Andrew DePaula. Uh, running back Alexander Madison, and like I mentioned, they restructured the contract of of Harrison Smith. Now, now looking specifically at someone like Garrett Bradbury, who I think a lot of people thought like eh, just just let him go. We'll find we'll find find something better. But he he's back on a three year deal. I think it's around fifteen million. So it's not they're not breaking the bank or anything. But I just don't think a lot of people thought he was coming back. So. Are the Vikings making a mistake by bringing Bradbury back? So I, I, I'm I'm happy you keep me up for this. I have something to say to the state of Minnesota about <laughs> about, about this. No one has been more frustrated with with, with especially the early uh, seasons Garrett Bradbury than Thor. I like the times where he just gets ragdolled. Or I I had a joke on Twitter about uh how Garrett Bradbury spends more time in Kirk Cousins' lap than his infant children. Oh, wow. I. I get all that stuff. The Dexter Lawrence joke about no, you know, I, I get more hugs from you than my girlfriend. Yeah. That, that's hers. Look, I get all that. I get it. But people out there, you need to understand a couple of things. First off, the Vikings were as hamstrung as far as their movement coming into this offseason as any team in the NFL. Yeah. In fact, I think their ranking was either 31 or 32. Definitely Cash might have been space. 32. In terms of both, cap, there's an algorithm that somebody does where it's your projected cap space coming into the offseason plus your draft equity. And the Vikings were either 31 or 32. I, I can't remember. Wait, but so they like were effective cap space, I think you're talk, talking about. Yes, but plus this guy also right. adds the draft equity. So oh, you know, okay, obviously okay. the Vikings only have the five draft picks. They do not have the second round pick via the TJ Hawkins and trade. They have the two fifth rounders because one of them is the comp pick when they got when Gronklin signed with the, the Jets. Yep. So like you only have those picks. And then so so whole point being, you're very limited on the different stuff you can do because you just don't have the, the flexibility yeah. of some of these other franchises. Garrett Bradbury, while he has infuriated me just as much as everybody out there, you have to acknowledge the constraints that Quasi was working under. And if you're like, get rid of Bradbury, get rid of Bradbury. You have to come up with an alternate plan of replacing Bradbury with at least an analogous player at the same amount of money that they're giving up to reacquire him. 
Yeah. Who, who's got that plan? T- tell me, who, like, which <laughs> player could they have gotten to go in that is just as good as Bradbury now to put in there at the price point they brought him back? Yeah, and the, know, yeah. knowing that his game jumped up this year a little bit, that he's never going to be a stud, right? But like now, you know, I'm, if you just want to go PFF grades, I think before he was like low 60s, and then last year he jumps into the low 70s. At the price point they brought him back for, that is totally adequate. And he's a really good fit for the zone stuff that the Vikings already do. Yeah. So in terms of that, do I love Garrett Bradbury? No. Have I been frustrated by Garrett Bradbury? Yes. Do I ever think Garrett Bradbury is going to turn into like an all-pro center? Categorically not. But it was still smart to bring him back because you had the constraints. You were able to fit him in into this small delineation that you had for the center position. And you already know that he works with the other guys around him. So there's continuity to add there as well. Yeah, and I think the his contract, the way it's set up is, you know, if the Vikings wanted to use one of their third or fourth or whatever picks on a center, they can they can do that, and they resigned. They also resigned Austin uh, Austin Slotman today, so he's you know those two are are back, and I think that probably has you know a lot to do with bringing Kirk Cousins back because they've they've made it very clear that Kirk Cousins is coming back for twenty twenty three. That's that's been pretty clear. As, as much as people want to throw out like the trade rumors and stuff, like maybe the Niners will want him or whatever, he's he's likely sticking around for for at least one more season. So. He has a, you know, that that relationship, that center to quarterback relationship was huge. And we saw that, what, with Chris Reed uh, last year when he tried to go at center and things just didn't go that well. Um, so, you know, bringing Brad, Bradbury back does have it is it, its advantages. But I also just <laughs> I'm like, great. I can't wait to see Kenny Clark throw him around again twice <laughs> a year. And, you know, like you said, Dexter Lawrence. But, you know, maybe they can figure out some different ways to kind of combat that and maybe, you know, getting something like a better running game uh, will help kind of make that easier for Bradbury and, and make it not so he has to just get thrown around the whole game. He's still going to. But um, speaking of the running game, Alexander Madison, he was brought back yesterday, I believe, on a two-year deal worth around $8 million. Dalvin Cook's still on the team. And I think he has a cap hit of about $14 million, uh for 2023, which is too high. The Vikings know that. Everyone knows that. Sounds like the Vikings are trying to get rid of him, but and people are like, when are they going to trade him? When are they going to trade him? Well, he did just have sh- shoulder surgery. So I'm not so sure if he's going to pass a physical right now. Um, so they're probably waiting. I would expect if they're going to trade him, it'd be closer to the draft. But, you know, what do you think the return of Alexander Madison kind of signals? Does it signal that Dalvin Cook's probably closer to being out than returning for next season? That, that's what I think. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's just a tea leaf thing. And then, you know, the reports that they've gotten trade offers on them. They're at least listening to trade yeah. offers on Delvin. And again, going back to the thing of the constraints that you have as far as both draft picks and the cap space, it wouldn't make sense to pay the backup what they did to Madison mm-hmm. if that's it's just going to be like you're bringing Delvin back to you. Add the two cap numbers together. A team that's as hamstrung as the Vikings, they can't afford that. So I'm would just Madison saying, even come back. Would he even come back if they're like, oh, we're going to keep Delvin too? Like, would he even do that? Maybe. I mean, like Madison definitely might have had a tepid uh, market. I think that's why yeah. the numbers were a little bit less. And it's fair for like a one B or a you know RB two, like yeah. the the number that he got, whatever. But to me. Like what makes most sense about that is you already know that you have offers in hand for Delvin. You're going to be able to trade Delvin. Might not be today, might not be tomorrow. Like you said, definitely might be closer to April or you know the end of April and the next month with with teams wanting to see his Delvin's physical, the you know the MRIs, different stuff like that. But it it wouldn't make sense to me if it's just yeah, oh no, we're bringing him back just to be the backup to Delvin because of the cat's (laughs) face thing that we talked about. But if you think about it as They've already decided that they're going to trade Delvin. Let's say that they know that they can get minimum, let's say, fourth round pick. 
Like even if yeah. things aren't great, right? Like, you know, whatever, or the other team, they, they need to wait a little bit longer, whatever, but you can get the, the fourth round pick. Well, if you have Madison now, you use a middle round pick on a running back and now the running back room makes sense. And it's the amount of money that you would want to delineate to that position. If you're a team that's super hamstrung with your cap situation at that point, let's say you can use, let's say you can use only a fourth rounder, right? Cause they, they have the third rounder, no second rounder, like we already mentioned. And then day three is where you have the, at this point you have three picks there, but if you trade a Delvin, you're going to get another one. Perhaps Quasi intends to trade down uh, out of the first, you know, down in the first round or out mm-hmm. of the first round again. You can add some more picks, whatever. If you can just add a fourth round running back, this running back class is very good. You have the stud, stud, stud in Bijan. That's tier one. Then you have a legitimate tier two. In my opinion, that's Zach Charbonnet of UCLA and Jameer Gibbs of Alabama. But it's not just that where you have the the surefire round one running back prospect, which we don't get every year. And you also have a couple legit round two prospects, but you also have fleshed out tiers beneath them. The depth of this running back class is very, very good. And it's one of those things where you get down the board into day three, you have a, you have a, a running back in the draft for every sort of taste. You have the airbag types, you have the bigger hammers, the early down type guys. You have all these different things. It's a deeper running back class than we've seen in recent years. Even delineating a fourth round pick to that, it's going to be a guy that can get on the field right away. Yeah. If you mix and match that guy with Madison's skill set, and Madison can do stuff, right? Like last year, I know people are down on him right now because last year was a little bit down. But like, you know, the years before that, and certainly at Boise State, he showed the, the skill set that he can do. He's never going to be a burner. You know, he, right. he's a bit of a plotter. But he's sort of like uh, the body type thing. It's not going to work quite as well. But like it's sort of like for Vikings fans, like Leroy Horde plus a bit of a receiving utility. Yeah. You know, the, the Leroy Horde thing of if you need one yard, I'll get you three yards. If you need five yards, I'll get you three yards. Yeah. So, so, sort of like Madison. He's reliable in terms of that. But then also you get you get the soft hands and stuff like that, the utility out of the backfield. You just don't get the explosive plays. What kind of a back could they pick in, in round four, maybe even round five? They could complement with him when you're also thinking about Ty Chandler mixing in there. I think they could, you know, and Wangu, I, I don't know if he could get up into that rotation right away. But just those three guys, I think that they're going to be able to mix and match as far as thinking about these different prospects of which running back prospect in this very deep class in, say, round four, could we get that could complement the, the, the skill sets of the other two guys really well? I think they're going to be able to do that and cobble together a backfield that maybe not quite as effective as, as last year, Delvin, but definitely not too far off. And for the money would be an upgrade when you're adding the two things together. Yeah. As you were talking, I'm in my head, I'm like, what if they trade Delvin and they draft B. John Robinson? I'm like, would Quasey do that? And then you're talking about the depth of the class. I'm like, ah, nah, that would be, um, but I'd be down for Bijan where they were if they had more resources. That's the right, only problem. Right, with right, right. The run- yeah, because, you know, for instance, the, the wide receiver on the other side of Justin Jefferson, you have to get someone there where the defenses can't just wanton double and bracket right. Jefferson at will. So they need that other receiver. Obviously, you've moved on from Thielen. And then, you know, other positions is defensive positions where, you, you know, whatever delineate that. But I, I think on the cheap, they can cobble this thing together, even if, you know, if and when they trade Delvin Carter. Yeah, I think I'm going to be very surprised if actually if they stay at 23 and if they actually even have a pick in the first. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I, I think Quasi is either going to either trade to the very bottom of the first round or he's going to try to get into the, the first part of the, the second round and, and get some more picks because, you know, after, after what we saw last year of him just, what do you have? He's like doing a Rick Spielman impression and had like 10 <laughs> trades. And everyone's yeah. like, what are you doing? Um, we're like, we thought we got rid of this, uh, but no, um, but yeah, Madison's coming back. Ty Chandler, like, look at someone like Isaiah Pacheco drafted in what the seventh yes. round last year, yep. Chiefs, yes, know, just helped them win the Super Bowl. Like, you're gonna be able to find somebody, um, it's been, it's been that way for years, and I'm pretty sure this current regime realizes that they don't have to pay top dollar to get you know good production out of a running back, and even just having one running back, it's just not how it goes in the NFL anymore. You, you, it's more common to have that committee, and I think that's what they're probably leaning towards to just keep guys more fresh. All right, last topic on the guys that they just brought back. This was a little surprising. Uh, they brought back Greg Joseph. It's a one-year deal. It's only $2 million. Can probably move on from him still. 
Um, but he missed 13 kicks last year. That's not good. I think he was like 27th in field goal percentage. He made some clutch kicks. I will give him that. But he missed a bunch, too. Um, and we know the relationship the Vikings fans have with kickers. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, I think Matt Gay was like probably one of the top free agent this year, and he signed with like the Colts or something. So I think maybe as soon as he went off the board, the Vikings were like, "All right, we got to bring Joseph back." Um, but do you believe that Greg Joseph will open the 2023 season as the Vikings starting kicker, or do you think they'll draft someone, sign an unsigned free agent, or even maybe sign someone before then to try and see what they can do? Yeah, I mean, they're going to bring in uh, a camp competition guy, but I don't think it's going to be they're, – they're not putting any more resources into that. So you're going to get the, the classic thing of, you know, the third or fourth best UDFA kicker. Who did they have last year, the Oklahoma kid? Oh, um, Gabe Bursich. Yeah. Who had the second best mustache at last year's right. combine behind right. Greg Dulcich. Uh, those were the two the two top mustache guys. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they're going to sign somebody in exactly if Bursich is ilk and then – bring him in, whatever, but I think they're just conceding. We're giving Joseph the job. And like you you bring up Gay, Matt Gay signs the the for the highest money in NFL history as a kicker. And like, would the would the Vikings love to have Matt Gay? Would the Vikings love to have right. an all-pro center every year? Yes. Right. Like, you, you want the best player at every single position, but again, it, this is like a Tetris thing where you have to fit all the different pieces with the constraints that you have, and they just didn't have the cap room to go out and sign a better kicker. So, I they bring back Greg Joseph. I think it's a bit begrudgingly and that they might've brought back Bradbury begrudgingly, maybe even Madison begrudgingly, but they were guys that they knew that fit in their system that also fit within the the price point that they needed to pay. And they're, and they're sticking with the theme because Madison is around 25. Bradbury is around 25. It seems to be the theme of most of the signings that, that Coise has made this, this off season, uh, except for the restructure of what Harrison Smith, who's, who's 90, (laughs) <laughs> now, uh, you know, going on his 70th season in the NFL. No, uh, 12th, I believe now. Uh, he started in 2012. And I think he's 34. So he's up there, but he's like, like I was looking at his, because I was writing about him today because of the restructure. And I was looking at his PFF grades and like three of the last four years, he's in like the top 15 for safeties. And then last year, he was like 39. I'm like, I can't believe that that has more to do with his, his actual play than it, it did more of the scheme. So I'm like, I'm going to give him a pass for that one because pretty much everyone sucked under Ed Dontel, um, and it wasn't really in their control. Uh, but yeah, so they brought him back, all those guys. And the uh, the other pretty interesting thing that the Vikings did this, this week was execute a cap conversion to Kirk Cousins' contract. Um, this, was, this, is not, this is not an extension. They added some void years, but this is not, you know, extending Kirk Cousins. They created more than $16 million in cap space this year by shuffling some of his, you know, remaining money around, which also did increase the amount of dead cap Minnesota will be left over uh, with with next year in 2024 if Cousins is no longer on the team. Um, you know, this might not have been their first choice, but they're also currently scheduled to have more than, what, like almost $100 million in cap space, if not more next year so they probably figured okay we can we can handle this whatever we'll figure it out um but you know with this cap conversion and currently no contract extension in place for Kirk Cousins what do you think this move tells us about Cousins future with the Vikings well it I mean if nothing else and this is just straightforward this is not an interpretation it indicates a lack of desire to extend him and Mm -hmm. I certainly support that decision um you're in this weird sort of they were in this as well last year where you're in this weird sort of middle spot of like we need cap room so that we can feel the competitive team because we have holes on the roster we don't have enough draft picks or you know and or cap room to do it so we need some of that 
we need some of that money back from Kirk in order so that we can put a team around him. Um, I, you know, last year they decided to extend him. Uh, this year, I, I agree with this decision to it's like, you know, the three dimensional chess thing. And what they've essentially what they've done is they're deferring some of this year's cap. It. It's not that you get a, away from it. It's just you're deferring it into these these future years. So you have the option then after this season to move on from Cousins and or, uh, you know, use him as trade bait if you're able to put the the franchise, you know, like that. But like they pro- they probably just let him walk and then you get a, a comp pick for him, whatever. Um, the, 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 I don't know if it's a concern, but like the bill does come, you know, just because you're taking the the money off this year's bucks, it doesn't mean that it completely goes away. But like, like we're talking about, they were in a sticky spot with the, with the cap situation this year. So until they get out of that, you have to do some of these gymnastics. I I think that the thing for short term that this indicates, I mean, not only that they want to play this year out with Kirk Cousins and there is a much better chance that next year they're moving on from Cousins than any year before it. Because every year we talk about, oh, trade Cousins and do this, move on from Cousins, all this different stuff. But there was never actually any true indication that that was going to happen. This is the first indication that we have that like we're looking towards the future. Cousins may not be here the year, the year after this coming season, whatever. But, but I think like short term, something to watch for. I didn't think before that there was a very good chance that they could draft a quarterback like mid to late rounds, mostly because of the the lack of draft picks that we're talking about. But you do something like this where now you don't have that contingency plan going forward. They re-sign Nick Mullins. He's going to be the QB2, but he ain't never going to be more than the QB2. So if you want that quarterback of the future, maybe you end up, well, not a guy for sure that would start, but at least a guy that you could develop for a year and see cross your fingers, hope you get a Brock Purdy, like something like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a much better shot today that the Vikings draft a day three quarterback than I would have answered two weeks ago. Oh, day three. So like, what's that? Fourth, fifth, and fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I And the reason I say that is just because certainly they're not going to take a first round quarterback and none of the top four, right. the consensus top four, no one's going to fall down there anyway. So it'd be an enormous reach if you took either of the, there's two guys that I see as day two guys, you know, top four I'm talking about just, just for people that, that, it, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis. And then, so you have that tier right there. Those guys actually may end up being picks one, two, three, four, all mm-hmm. of the, all that it requires at this point is the Cardinals to trade. Cardinals trade with the Raiders. You're getting four quarterbacks with the first four. That they should. Just, they need everything. This is what it is. So. Exactly. But, like, you know, after that, you you're, you have this drop where you're not going to see a quarterback drafted again until Friday night. And the two guys that I, I think are going on day two, it's Hennon Hooker of, of Tennessee. Yep. And then the guy that I actually rank slightly above him, uh, Stanford's Tanner McKee. I think you're going to see those two guys. Um, I don't think another quarterback is even getting into round three because after that you have another drop and then you're down in the range of like um, Jay Kaner, Aiden O'Connell, like different guys like that where it's, you know, and then some guys that I don't like at all that I hope the Vikings don't end up with Jaron Hall at BYU. I don't like him. I don't like Max Dugan at TCU, like some of those guys. But anyhow, those guys are all day three guys. I don't think the, the Vikings right now, they only have the one later round three pick. They don't have a round two pick. So in order to get in the range for either Hooker or McKee, like I don't, I don't know that either of them gets to their third round pick. So that's where you'd have to have the trade down thing. Yep. Uh, it, the the math of it just doesn't make sense to me personally. I think what would be more plausible is a day three pick. You know whether it's it's a fourth round, fifth round, something like that. And there are guys in there that you can take. Um, that you can at least sort not project as a Brock Purdy, but project as a guy that, that you can bring in that can run your system, isn't going to make mistakes, probably will have 
not probably it will have physical limitations that led to him dropping to that point. But like, for instance, Jay Kaner from Fresno State, his game is not too dissimilar from Brock Purdy himself. Does that mean he's Brock Purdy? No, nobody yeah. knew. If, if people knew that Brock Purdy's Brock Purdy, he wouldn't have been the last friggin' pick in the last right. draft. Brock Purdy would have gone undrafted were it not for the San Francisco 49ers. The other 31 NFL teams said this kid's not draftable. But like, you know, Jay Kaner has the, the skill set that's close to him. And the guy that I would advocate for on day three, and I'm not just saying this because it will be so damn cute if it happens, is Aiden O'Connell of Purdue. Because then you have the you'd have the Kevin O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, you'd have the learning <laughs> tree. O'Connell's putting his arm around O'Connell. It'd be like the oh, sunny, no you know, the sunny never had there, the teaching of the quarterback thing. But Aiden O'Connell, it's not just the last name thing. <laughs> I, I actually have him as quarterback seven. So I have him behind, you know, like I talked about the tier, tier. And then I have O'Connell as the next. There is a drop there, of course. Aiden O'Connell, you know, it's like who's on first with all these O'Connells. But uh, Aiden O'Connell, like there's aspects of his game that I think the Vikings would be attracted to. He's not quite as like Jake Hayner not a great athlete, but he can at least move around a little bit, throw on the run, whatnot. Aiden O'Connell's more set in the pocket. But Aiden O'Connell of those guys past the top six, he is the most technically refined of them and i'm not even sure that it's close aiden o'connell had gone to purdue and he walked onto the team and then he was on this team where jeff brom was the coach and jeff brom for people that don't know jeff brom former quarterback he was the guy that um, he, he has all these famous quotes when he was playing in the xfl because like one week he got concussed on this just the the the, the nastiest hit you'll ever see and then he's back the next week playing and he's like you know do i have a pulse and is this the xfl is Coach at uh, Cal was that is that the same guy or is that somebody else? Bra, maybe, maybe that's go, that, that's a deep cut going back. I don't know if he was at Cal back then. Maybe he he might have been, but like, um, but yeah, like at you know at, at Purdue, like that basically Brom, you know, and his brother Brian. Th that's one connection with Aaron Rodgers is the the Brian Brom uh, Aaron Rodgers thing. I don't know if Jeff ever he could. I'd have, I'd have to look back on that, but um um. The, Jeff Brom, he was this like, you know, 6'3 pocket passer guy, didn't move around a ton, but he was super technically refined. And he passed all that stuff on to Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell basically just saw this see it, pitch it kind of guy, yeah. where like, again, the McKin, a lot of the, the reason I, that this is something you even harp on is you watch a lot of these other kids' tape or you observe them when you're down in Mobile. Th they don't have, like, even when they've been taught, like, like, hey, Jaron Hall. It, you're going to be more accurate when you're when your shoulders are squared to the target and when you know you're you're sort of perpendicular going up and down and then you distribute your weight and whatnot but like even though you you teach the kid over and over and over and over again and he can understand when the bullets start flying there's some they just it excuse the whole thing like Jaron yeah. Hall you will never get him to marry his top half to his lower half there's a lot of times where where he's not thrown with his feet set a lot of times where he's throwing from these crazy arm angles. Will Levis is an example of a guy. He doesn't even need pressure in his face to just totally skew the mechanics. Yeah. He know, he knows better. He just can't help himself. Like, he'll just be there like that, that, that. Oh, and he'll just flick the thing. And sometimes he just drops dimes because his arm's so talented. But um, there's other times where he misses a wide open dude that's like five yards away from him because he's like, you know, just flicks it or whatever. Aiden O'Connell is 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 be i was going to say the word diligent i don't even think that goes far enough he will have his mechanics correct every single time he knows what the play and the concept calls for every single time invariably he makes the correct decision every time the the, the issue with aiden o'connell not athletic he's not leaving the pocket that he lives in the pocket 
Um, and the other thing is he doesn't have a howitzer for an arm. He has decent size. You know, it's, it's you know, I think 6'3", 215, like something like that. But um, he doesn't have that howitzer for an arm. But he's very accurate short, very accurate intermediate. So, like, the defense has to be very concerned with him going across there, out to there. If you go too far down the field, that's where he has to start heaving his whole body into throws. And you what you run the risk of is the ball fluttering up in the air at that point because he's got to kind of try to lollipop it with all of his might, whatnot, and the accuracy becomes a little bit wonky. But he knows his limitations, right? Like, And that's right. what you want from guys like like Jaron Hall is a guy that does not understand his limitations whatsoever. Like he's like a, a child who is given a bazooka, sort of like, you know, he's just shooting it all over the place. But like with, with Aiden O'Connell, he knows exactly what his limitations are. He knows exactly what his job is. And he's not making mistakes. And when you pair a kind of guy like that with a really good coaching staff, that's where you get the manifestation of a Brock Purdy, where it's like you're just going to do what you're told. You know exactly what the concept is. You know if the defense does this right after that, your read switches immediately to that guy. His eyes are like boom, 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 making the decision. So even though he has the, the limitations physically, there is no limitation mentally with that stuff. So he can he can stay click, click, click with the defense in terms of that. I'll tell you what, I, I feel a lot better about this coaching staff drafting a quarterback than <laughs> than I did uh, yes. the previous one. You know, Amen. they wouldn't probably have touched Kellen Mond, uh, you know, a couple years ago Agreed. in the third round. Agreed. Uh, they probably would have gone off to after you know what Davis Mills. Um, I agree. I agree with that too. Yeah. So that's just not that's not because he's better. We know that now, but I just think like he would have fit their their system more. I did see that they have met. I think it might have been the combine they met with Dorian. Thompson Robinson mm. from what UCLA. So that might be someone to keep an eye on for, yeah. for day three as well. And, and he, then, he'd be that like, like, uh, oh, uh, eight, oh, O'Connell, O'Connell. If Aiden O'Connell, he, he probably, I don't know if he'd go fourth round, but I don't believe he's getting beyond the fifth just because you have that cost certainty of the, those elements of the game that I'm talking about. Robinson is the guy where let's say you miss out on Hayner and O'Connell in, in that, you know, fourth, fifth thing, they just miss out on those guys. Thompson Robinson is a guy that I would target once it gets sixth, certainly seventh. Um, I don't know that Thompson Robinson gets down there, but Thompson Robinson, what you like about him, he's a leader. He's a warrior. Like that kid went out on the sword every, every single game. He's a really, really good athlete. And he's got some zip in that arm. Like um, he surprised some people because he um, he matched. Um, I think it was Will Levis in terms of at the combine they do the thing where you throw it into the ball speed. Yeah, yeah, the velocity. I believe Thompson Robinson tied. I could be wrong, but I, I think that's the guy he tied with. But he tied for number one in terms of the the exit velocity. But he's always had that 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 pop with the velocity. You know, being able to toss into windows. You're the thing that they would need to work on with him. It's the accuracy and it's also just the feel in the pocket. Like, as you know, Chip Kelly, his system, you know, even go back back to Oregon, yeah. whatnot. Bang, thing, bang, boom. Exactly. It's not this. It's I don't want to say the complete opposite of what Brom's doing, but very dissimilar where Brom wants you to win from the pocket. So you're not getting on the field at Purdue unless you are a technician, unless you know the answer to every question within the pocket and, and what to do with, when that answer is in there. Thompson, Thompson Robinson and Chip Kelly system, Chip Kelly system more. It's it's breakneck speed. It's looking for the, those huge plays, whatnot. They're willing to take a lot more risks. And something that wasn't um, developed as much with Dorian Thompson Robinson's game, it was just sitting in the pocket and making those decisions. But he has physical skills that, for instance, Aiden O'Connell doesn't. So that would be an interesting guy. If they ended small up getting though, him. though, too, right? He is. Yeah, he was. I believe he checked in. At, hold on, I can pull it up. It's six one. Oh, he, he checked in six one and a half, but one ninety one. So a little bit on the lighter side. Well, he's bigger than what? 
CJ Stroud or not, not Stroud, uh, uh, Bryce Young. Way bigger than Bryce Young. Yeah. So, you know, and then I was just thinking in the back of my head, who, who has had success in the NFL after being in Chip Kelly's system in college? And I, Mariota's still in the league or not, I guess he's not anymore. Um, no, he is right. Cause he was on Atlanta, right? He got released though. By, oh, okay. by, by the by the Falcons. So he has no job right now. I'm sure he will get somewhere. Um, but he's but yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think the about best, you know, I another, guess. <laughs> another guy was Dennis Dixon. Um yeah, yeah. We, we can't really blame Dennis Dixon because he blew his knee on year, so I, that might have contributed <laughs> to that. But um uh Herbert wasn't Herbert wasn't in there, right? No, Herbert, 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 right? Herbert was with uh the guy afterwards. Was it uh Helfrich? I think of Mark Helfrich. Okay. But yeah, I don't I'm not. I don't, I don't know if Kelly was there long enough to be involved in, in Herbert's recruiting, but yeah, Herbert wasn't. That wasn't. It wasn't with Chip Kelly. Yeah, I just can't. I can't think of anybody. So maybe you know, maybe it's different now. But yeah, that that would that would worry me a little bit. Um, last thing before we get you out here, what do you think has a better chance? The Vikings trading up in the first round to get a quarterback, or the Vikings trading into the second round and taking a quarterback? Definitely. Well. I think the odds are definitely better that they trade down than they, than they trade up. And to trade up to get one of the quarterbacks, it's possible you'd have to get in the top four. That would be beyond cost prohibitive from where they are because you'd have to trade at least two future first-round picks, et cetera, et cetera. Kwesi is too analytically inclined to do right. that. Um, the you know As far as like trading down, I think that you and I agree. That is extremely plausible. Yeah. Um, I don't know, though, if they did that. I don't th- I don't think there's any scenario where they use that first their first pick wherever it is on a quarterback. Like I would bet a lot of money against that. Um, but I, I think that there's, you know, trading down with the idea of we need to accumulate extra picks because you've already earmarked one of those extra yeah. picks for the quarterback position. That's what I think is plausible. And, yeah, I, I do think there's a solid chance of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's two, they're 23. And like you said, those quarterbacks, all four go in the top four. So that's just, it's nice to think. And everyone's like, oh, you know, just do what the Chiefs did and, and trade up just like they did for Mahomes. And it's like, I think they traded from like, what was it like 17 or 18 to 10? So like, yeah, it wasn't like crazy they, way. <laughs> they, up. Yeah, yeah. They didn't go up 20 picks to, to get uh, a quarterback. And exactly. And, and if you're doing that, teams know what you're doing and they're going to try and take advantage of it. Now, and Quasi, I think is smart enough to not get taken advantage of. Um, but you know, I think that, yeah, like you said, it's, it's just, it's too far unless they somehow get, I don't even know who they could trade. For. They can't, they don't have anyone to trade for a first round pick unless it's like Daniel Hunter. I don't even know if he would get one because um, of his contract right now or whatever. Um, I guess what Justin Jefferson or Christian Darisau will get you. Definitely get your first round picks, but they're they, not going they, anywhere. If they trade so. one of those two guys. I'm moving out of Minnesota. <laughs> I've lived here all my life. I'll be leaving then. So I'll follow Justin wherever he goes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to happen, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, I still think it'll be exciting. I think you know there's going to be a lot of a lot of trades and stuff, and and who knows what they could do still in free agency as far as trades and signing guys and stuff. So lots of excitement still playing this offseason. There's lots of stuff going on. That's going to be it for today, Thor. Uh, thanks for joining. Where can people find your stuff? Because you know you're all all over the place these days. You can find me on Twitter at ThorKU. You can find my uh, my written content and stuff like. And a lot of shows now. I have an NFL draft show every every Tuesday for fantasy pros and betting pros. And then um, also you mentioned Score North. I do a, a, a did a twice weekly show in the fall. Now we're doing a once weekly draft specific Viking show that is on. Every every Tuesday it comes out uh, early afternoon. So super fun doing that with with Phil and Judd and Declan and, and the whole crew. 
Lots of uh, I think I listened to the last episode. Lots of lots of pushing of the football button. Oh yeah, with, with all those those terms in there. Lots of lots of that. So yeah. Oh, we, we yeah, and we, and we jump into the weeds, and you know we can oh, go yeah. position by position and scheme fits, and like oh, yeah. if if you love Vikings minutia and draft oh, yeah. related minutia stuff like that, check that show out. Yeah, for sure. Check it out. Check out all his stuff. Uh, does great work. Um, but uh. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel, like this video, follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook, and this podcast will be, the audio version of this podcast will be available in the morning on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, but until next time, uh, I and Chris will probably be back for Monday, I'm thinking, so uh, we, we will talk to you later. Uh, all right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park